So today we're going to talk about the process and the action of giving up. With our worship series focusing on how we so often in our lives, on a daily basis, we deny our death, we deny our mortality. We realize that when we die, we are literally giving up our lives. We give up our earthly lives. But as Christians, we understand this giving up of our lives as a gift, that it's actually a time where we receive the eternal promises of our Heavenly Father, ushered in through Jesus Christ. So today we study what Jesus gave up. What did he give to us by giving up? and what he gained through the work of the cross and the resurrection promise, and what we inherit through that promise. So because it is the second Sunday of Lent, I have to ask, how are your Lenten practices going? Have you given anything up for this season? What is that like for you? Even if it is, is as simple as making worship during the season a priority and you're giving up your time to do whatever you want to do, but you're coming to worship, that is a spiritual practice. Or maybe you haven't given up something yet and it's not too late. If you want to continue to grow in this practice of giving something up, there's still plenty of time to do so. Now, through these practices, I hope that you are gaining an understanding of just how much God loves you through Jesus Christ. That's what these practices are meant to do, to help us grow in relationship to our God who loves us. And so I invite you, as you have these disciplines in your life, to keep reflecting on them. How are you understanding God's love for you? as you practice these. There's an ancient saying in the Christian church during this season of Lent called the passion of Jesus. It may be familiar to some of you, it may not be. It is based out of this scripture of Matthew chapter 26 and following our readings for today. The passion of Jesus. Actually, a more correct uh, translation would be the passive Jesus. And the reason for that is because in this part of Jesus' story, he is passive. There is a giving up of his divine power. And as we read scripture today, we realize that Jesus uh, both fully human and divine, gives up all of his power and passively receives the worst that humanity can give through the person of Caiaphas. Jesus does not act, but he has acted upon. Jesus does not die, but he is killed by the hands of others. Jesus does not rise from the dead on Easter morning, but is raised from the dead by the power of God's work. The passive Jesus. Caiaphas, the high priest of the temple, and the scribes and the elders actively conspire against him 
using their worldly and religious powers to act. From meeting at Caiaphas's house to scheme together in verses one through five, and then in verses 57 to 67, they bring Jesus to trial immediately after he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus' passion, his passive action was his decision. It was his action. It revealed power at its worst, death-dealing power. In order for Caiaphas to live, Jesus must die. And I think it's very fair for us to ask a childlike question today. Why was Caiaphas so mean to Jesus when Jesus did so much good in this world? Well, Caiaphas had a lot to lose. He had a lot to give up. He was the high priest, after all, over all of uh, the temple, the religious practices, and the people of Israel. We can trace this position of high priest all the way back to Moses and his brother Aaron. From their uh, escape from slavery in Egypt to their entrance into the promised land and then moving forward to where we find Caiaphas today. From that time forth in history, there was always a high priest who was anointed leader over the Hebrew people and their religious practices. Take, for example, the high priest was the only one allowed in the temple room called the Holy of Holies. The picture that you're looking at, that building that's in the middle of the temple mount, that's the Holy of Holies. And you see the incense and the sacrifice uh, burning smoke ascending from that building. One day out of the year, the high priest was allowed to enter and to make a sacrifice on behalf of God's people. And the only person ever allowed in there was the high priest. The high priest was a position of power, an appointment that once it was made, that person kept it for life. Caiaphas had a lot to lose with Jesus. And so when along comes this Galilean man named Jesus who had power from God that he shared with everybody, it was a threat. Jesus was a healer and a teacher, someone who included all people, sinners, Samaritans, Gentiles, Jews, outcasts. Rich and poor, men, women, and children of all ages were accepted into the kingdom. Jesus was loved and respected by the masses. And he had a power that only came from God. A power that brought healing and hope and new life and forgiveness. And Caiaphas recognized this power as a threat and he did everything in his worldly power to kill Jesus. Caiaphas didn't want to give up anything. But as we know, Caiaphas was short-sighted. Jesus' passion, his passive action was more powerful, ultimately. Jesus entered into the fullness of our ex human experience by facing betrayal and denial by faithful friends, experiencing pain that was brought on by hatred, ultimately entering death. 
complete passive action. But this was not the end. Jesus put to death all of these worldly powers, all of these powers that Caiaphas obsessed over, wealth, decision-making, influence, violence at will. And in Jesus' passive action, he conquered these things with his death, and on Easter dawn, he ushered in the new promises of eternal life and new life and hope for us today. And these new promises were meant for all people. One of the gifts that we receive through Jesus when we face our death is that we face it as a community of the faithful and we face it with a strong sense of hope and we advocate for one another in our times of death. Why is that? Why not be alone on this journey? Because death is a time when we give up our earthly lives. And we commend ourselves to the promises that Jesus gives. We commend ourselves to God's eternal care. And we do this practice best as a community of the faithful. And we advocate for one another in and through these times. To advocate means that we speak in support of someone. We are their voice when they cannot speak. So often when we face death, it is scary, it is fearful, and we think that we have to do it by ourselves, like we're the only ones who could understand the depth of the pain. But not so. By the power of Jesus Christ, the gift of eternal life, We can talk about it, we can be open and honest about it, and we can advocate for each other through the process. Everyone needs an advocate in life, and everyone has the power to be an advocate. This is a way that we share that good, passive action Not Caiaphas' death-dealing power, but Jesus' resurrection power. I will close with a story about an advocate. This past week, February 22nd, we remembered a woman, Zitkalasa. She was born in 1867 to her mother, who was Dakota Yankton tribe, and her father, who was German-American. Zikala Saw grew up in the United States when events like the Battle of the Bighorn were fought and legislation like the Dawes Act of 1887 were passed. With European American people quickly becoming dominant culture in this land, Native American tribal land was taken back from tribes and subdivided out for anyone to occupy and settle. Native American children were made to forget their cultural heritage and customs and were forced to adopt European American educational and cultural standards. They were placed in places that were called Indian boarding schools like you see, a school that was in Pennsylvania. They popped up all over the United States. Zikala Saw herself was placed in a boarding school in Wabash, Indiana. She spent years studying and learning, and especially excelled in music and writing. 
As she continued her education in the dominant culture, she never abandoned her Native American culture and heritage, nor did she forget about her people of South Dakota. Over the years, she developed her personal power as an advocate through music and writing with a determined spirit. Later in life, she moved to Washington, D.C. with her husband to live and to permanently advocate for the rights for Native Americans. Because of Zitkalasa's work as an author, she helped to advocate and achieve the right for all Native Americans to be full citizens of the United States of America. A fun fact about her writings, our University of Nebraska Press is responsible for keeping many of her writings in print to this day. Through Zikalasa, we can learn how to advocate for others in all matters of life and death. Jesus advocates for us through his passion, his passive time giving up his temporary power to Caiaphas in order to gain eternal power that gives all of us the forgiveness of sins, hope, and eternal life. Dear friends in Christ, what earthly power can you give up as practice during the season of Lent? As you come to terms with your own earthly death, how can you harness the power of advocacy and accompany someone else? God be with each of us as we find our voice as advocates, as we accompany one another in this life, and as we accompany another, each other into eternal life. Amen.